0: Welcome to Meditation and Aliens with Doro and Matt, a webcast that explores everything we currently know about the truth about aliens, human history, reality, consciousness, and the role meditation can do to help us understand all these things. How we might all work together to build the best world possible for all beings, human or non-human alike. Meditation and Aliens is hosted by me, Matt Reddy. I'm an amateur... Ufologist. I have a degree in philosophy. I'm the creator of hive1.net, an experimental social discussion platform for truth seekers and activists. I'm the author of a book called Revolutionary Mindfulness, that's about meditation and activism. I'm also an elected public hospital commissioner in Jefferson County, Washington. Each week, I am joined by Doro Kiley, longtime meditator, meditation teacher, and an Experiencer with many stories and Life Coach Extraordinaire. You can find more about Doro at her website, creationcoach.com. Now, on to the show. All right. How you doing, Dora?
1: Hello there, Mr. Matt Reddy. I'm doing great. Ready for a new show here. Can't wait to see what you're bringing to the table.
0: Where shall we begin?
1: Oh, my goodness. We could talk about Sasha Stone. I mean, I've just been going through ancient uh, archaeology and, you know, looking up the Epic of Gilgamesh that talks about aliens. So I could go anywhere. We usually start with some political openings. Is there anything on that front this
0: this week? There is. Uh, So Representative Burleson, he's one of the uh, what's called the um, the disclosure UAP caucus or the disclosure caucus, I think they call themselves in Congress. Um, he's one of the guys that's been standing up there with Tim Burchett and uh, Moskowitz and Luna um, and Gates uh, when they've been pushing for uh, more disclosure about this. Last, I think it was last week, they got to go into a SCIF secure uh, facility to get uh, more of a briefing. what's going on and they said they actually learned some things this time ah Uh, yeah they didn't they couldn't tell us a lot of what they learned but they came out of there basically saying um everyone in there is even more sure that david grush is uh is telling something very close to the truth if not the you know the truth about what's going on really yeah and uh and i want to play a uh a little clip from burleson he's been making a couple he's been on a couple podcasts he was on a podcast called That UFO Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a clip from him on X that I just heard this morning. Uh, because on the um, the UFO podcast, he said his theory is that these are, if these are aliens of some sort, he thinks they are biblical in nature. He thinks they are, um, I guess, angels is what he said. And I want to play uh, a bit of what he said. He someone asked him on Twitter to follow up on that and i could just
1: yeah that biblical part really uh really hooks in with what i've just been studying this morning about the epic of gilgamesh you know that these are this was supposed to be recorded in the sumerian tablets as a race that came from heaven from the skies um so who knows this is fascinating gilgamesh by the way was a giant Mm-hmm. and there's rumors going around that they have uncovered his tomb so I don't know that we're ever going to hear anything about that in mainstream but thought I'd put that out there
0: <laughs> well interesting we'll see how that connects here with uh Burleson's um take I'll just uh I'm just going to play this uh, little clip it's a four minute clip I don't know if I want to
2: let's see We'll all right about that like the... next on the mic Tupac, hello.
3: Tupac Cabra. Hey, guys. Great, great show. I'm glad you guys are doing this. This is really great. Um, I have a question. Uh, I found your statements uh, about the potential for this to be angelic or like the biblical description of what would be like a
2: messenger from God or whatever.
0: Uh All right. So that was the question. And then we're going to skip forward to the answer because he asked the question a long time.
2: Uh Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Uh, As far as... Well, the moment that I read his report prior to the public hearing, uh, this is not a top secret report, but basically it's what he read in the hearing. Um, and he 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 used the, he mentioned the term extra dimensional. Uh, it, it really intrigued me because I think that here, I think that what he espoused, the, the position that he has found, it, it fits my biblical worldview. And, it, and I'm not saying this is what most, that all Christians believe, but I think that I think that we live. This is my belief that we live in a plane of existence that is just one plane of a much more deeper existence, and that uh, that obviously outside of our our existence, uh, in in the way that that he described as a holographic model. And the, and I'll tell you why. Why like I think it's been validated through science. Why it's not just this is not just It's more than just a theory. Um, I think that quantum entanglement points in the direction of this because because if you understand how that works, you've got two particles who are entangled. You send one photon to the other end of the galaxy, and then you make a change to to the one the other one, and it's instant. And instantaneously changes the attributes of the other without having anything sent in between. To me, it defies conventional space-time understanding, and unless you unless you come to the conclusion that that um, it's it's it, let me think of, let me put it this way, if we're sitting in a movie theater and we're watching the screen, and you watch a ball bounce from one side of the screen to the other, you're gonna you're you're gonna make up in your mind that travel distance between, but in the reality, the real reality is that. There's almost no distance, or there is no distance, when it comes to what's being projected at the project point of the projector, and so therefore, um, you know that that two-dimensional surface might might experience time and distance, but but what's being projected on that two-dimensional surface doesn't have that time that same time and distance, and I think that uh, the fact that quantum entanglement exists and the fact that particles at complete other ends of the galaxy can communicate, suggests that there's more to this reality. And I, and I, as a, and I, I think that it only calls to that there, there, if there is more and there's higher levels of existence, you can call it what you will. You can say that they are a, a superior form of a alien race, or you can say that they are um, godlike beings You could say that ultimately there is there's i think that i'm a philosopher i love philosophy i think that there there's a lot of uh, explanations that there has to be a creator that was not created there has to be an ultimate one one god um but it does but doesn't it doesn't harm my biblical worldview to believe that god created other creatures um for his purpose and um and then and uses them to interact with mankind on on our plane of existence. Did I answer your Congress, question? Congressman, how many of you either have to smoke a joint or pull out my bible after <laughs> uh this conversation, maybe both?
0: Yeah did you catch all that
1: oh my goodness yes I I totally resonate with that the whole thing of quantum entanglement in fact I just did a short video on quantum entanglement uh, Einstein called it spooky science and uh, you know that was when um, quantum science was just coming in to to be recognized as a science and Einstein really struggled with it he um, he could not he could not, deal with that he didn't like quantum science because it just he called it spooky and it's specifically because of that quantum entanglement where you you take a particle um, i don't know if it has to be a i don't know what kind of particle photon or electro i don't know but uh, in this experiment you take one and you somehow cut it in two and separate them and you take the take one and stimulate it, the other one will respond at the exact same moment, just as if it's being tickled by itself. Uh, and then you can separate them as far apart, maybe worlds apart. And what he's saying is possibly worlds, galaxies, universes apart, and that there is still this resonant frequency that communicates. So yeah, i was I was just looking into that. that's that's great. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's and it's wild that mm-hmm. a, uh, this is a congressman talking about, you know, the quantum mechanics and uh, these other, this other level of existence, which, which he sees biblical and as angels. And if, can you, uh, do you want to hear another
1: interesting clip? Oh, yes. Yes. So indeed. this is
0: from uh, Joe Rogan talks about Burleson talking, or no, the, he talks about Tucker Carlson also mentioned that he thinks these uh, aliens are somehow, religious or biblical in nature and there's an interesting uh, little yeah. exchange here so i'll play that yeah i don't know let's see we'll start with go to him playing the clip of tucker carlson here from another podcast
3: listen to what tucker says it's my personal belief based on a fair amount of evidence that they're not aliens they've always been here um and i and i do think it's spiritual that's that's my view so, and uh, yeah. again it's not provable but based on uh, on the evidence i think i'm with you but, but, I think if the u.s government has in fact had contact direct contact with these beings whatever they are i've already told you what i think they are and has entered into some sort of agreement with them which is which is the claim of, of informed people, um, I would say, whether they're right or wrong, I can't say conclusively. But, but, yeah. but, but wait, wait, wait. if that is true, I mean, it's a very, very, very heavy thing. Yeah. You, well, a, a lot of people say interdimensional beings. Right, I, I want to ask, are, you, are you angels and demons, or how would you well, describe these, these beings? You know, I these are, again, I'm getting into the realm of conjecture, so I just want to say that flat out. Entity? But one thing I know for a dead certain fact, having seen it, is that um, there is good and evil, that we are being acted upon at all times, and I think every person can feel that in himself. I mean, there are moments when you are moved to do things that are much better than you actually are, and that are also more evil and destructive than you actually are. You are subject to forces from outside yourself. That is absolutely true. Now, we can argue about what they are, but every person in the room, if he's reflective, will tell you, yes, I know what you're talking about. And so there are forces that are not human, that do exist in a spiritual realm of some kind. That we cannot see, and that when you think about it, sort of make you think we live in an ant farm. Yeah, we're being yeah. right, and that's Absolutely. just that is real. Yeah. Okay. When I, and then there's
4: that might. I want to give you a chance
0: to react to what Tucker said before. I play oh my god, Megan
1: we're does. we're <laughs> we're living in an ant farm. <laughs>
5: mm-hmm.
1: You know, I totally um, get that. It just the puzzle pieces are are coming together with this. What he's saying. Uh, what uh, all the ancient, um, you know, archaeology is digging up, because it's all still new. We're still learning about it. Uh, we're still deciphering the cuneiform Sumerian tablets that tell all the story. A lot of it's been lost, but a lot of it is coming together. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's right. The, the interesting thing is, is, is it, are they are they out there in space, or are they... Uh, the earlier texts uh, always said that they were going underground. Even the ancient um, Egyptians, you know, the the um, Thoth and, and all the big gods, they, when they passed, they would go into what they called the underground, and then suddenly it became outer space. So who knows? The inner and the outer. I think we can't tell because we are limited by our senses. We can't, you know, we we ha- we are limited by our eyes and our are sounding are here. So we don't know um, what they're talking about when it's down under or out there somewhere it could be it's all just happening right here. Hmm. So but what's your take on it?
0: Uh, well, just about them. Let's talk about where they are. Yeah, because it fascinates me if you look at what all of the sort of government sanctioned disclosure experts like Brian Graves David Fravor um, and, uh, you know, David Grush, uh, Rear Admiral Gallaudet, uh, Christopher Mellon. They will, the only thing they will say is that these non-human intelligence things are real. The government has some technology they're hiding. And I mean, that's basically, and, you know, they'll say, uh, and Grush will say the Vatican is involved. Those are like the three things that they will say everything else they will just not touch. They won't touch any more details. Daniel Sheehan will talk about different species. He'll talk about greys, reptilians, insectoid, uh, or mantis. But you know what, They none of them will talk about where do these NHI live? where are they right they will not and the the only thing they will say which i think is a head fake is interdimensional interdimensional because that way no one is scared about where they live and don't suspect and but if you you set all of them aside and you start looking at ufologists who are just really just trying to get all the answers then throw out the whole interdimensional thing and there are specific locations that are talked about, um, and the other thing that is, if you if you watch the uh, the hearing where they asked Grosh Graves and Fravor, uh, there is at one point uh, a congressperson asks, "Is there?" They ask Ryan Graves, "What else should we be studying about these UAPs? What else do you think we should study?" And he he, if you watch the clip, and maybe I'll I'll splice it into our podcast so people can hear it. But Graves, his response is, I think it would be worth, you know, checking our satellites to see maybe where these objects are flying to and from. He just says it really gently. And (laughs) and I think it's one, it's because they don't want to scream out loud that our satellites can watch these things and see exactly where they're going to and from. And that means we know exactly where their home base and motherships are. And they didn't, they don't want to scream that too loudly. For one, I don't think they want to, I I mean, these aliens probably have a opinion about how loudly they, like that said, like that they know where they are and also where they are. And so I think that was almost like a, a gentle threat to the aliens but a really tentative one that even the way he says it is very gentle he's really he's trying not to say it in a threatening voice but it's like the minute they say we know where they are we know they live inside the earth at these locations or in antarctica or in the moon or on mars we know where their motherships are that's you know then the aliens are exposed if they're not interdimensional if they have home bases under oceans or something, and we know exactly where they are, once the entire world knows that, then life changes. You know? Mm. You're know, you no longer hidden. You're no longer, you're actually at a location that people can just go to. Nations, I mean, bad acting nations or hostile, fear-filled nations could try to bomb these locations or something.
1: Interesting. So where where do you think? I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is Antarctica. Um,
0: I, yeah, I, I think I think something is going on in Antarctica. Absolutely. If you look at the treaty map of Antarctica, the way there's like 12 or 20 different countries that all have a um, a pinpoint interest in the this this very central point in Antarctica, I think that location is probably the entrance. Or location of an alien city, or an entrance to an underground alien city, and or some technology, or some ancient alien technology that is so enormously powerful that all these countries had to swear to never put military in Antarctica. Never, I mean, that's one of the big things about Antarctica is there they've sworn to never blow up a nuclear bomb there. There's and you're not allowed to put do any nuclear testing there. But oh, I think good. Antarctica is definitely <laughs> one of the places. Um, yeah. And actually, I think S4, you know, Bill Cooper said that S4, which is by Area 51, was a human alien joint base. It was one of the human alien joint bases that they built in the U.S. And gosh, who was it? I saw a um, there is a clip I could uh, I don't have it ready, but Richard Dolan, another really great uh, ufologist, he someone released a, an old clip that he did with a a guy that was on his deathbed talking about uh, which who was it it was i think it was eisenhower that yeah it was eisenhower sent a threat to area 51 and s4 saying if they did not uh i don't know start i don't know if it was negotiate or start talking to him about what they have he was going to invade s4 in area 51 like he uh, eisenhower was talking yeah, he was talking about s4 as like literally a place that the president did not have control over so like a foreign nation of like i don't know of maybe the secret keepers and the aliens have almost like a reservation within the u.s so
1: isn't this something yeah. so what what uh what do you think is where do you think it's all happening do you, do you think it's all happening in Antarctica do you think other places around the world
0: well i also think inside the earth um I, i think there's and you know there's like these uh there's scientific studies of the density of the earth and you see these big blobs of different density areas inside the earth i mean enormous continent sized blobs under certain continents and it's like those could literally be where the cities are we may actually know exactly where the cities of underground ancient species are living um and then there's, you know, there's uh, quite, you know, I'm hearing these stories of things on Mars. And actually that uh, video you had me watch, the Sasha. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> I, actually, I was thinking we play a clip from that, the the woman who claims to be speaking for the Galactic Federation. And yeah, yeah. Uh, she talks about, you know, beings uh, working on Mars right now. I mean, I'd be worth playing that just to sort of give context that there is this view, these people that claim to be communicating with the galactic federation that claim to understand the relationship of the drake draco reptilians and the grays um what, should we, you want me to play that um,
1: absolutely absolutely okay. well, actually
0: before uh, why don't we jump to i'll come back to the joe rogan thing i wanted to play because rogan says some interesting things after the tucker clip let me see which order should we do this why don't we do this rogan thing first yeah let's not?
1: finish rogan if you can okay. hold on to that other one let's finish this one up
4: yeah okay Might be
3: what's going on here. Well, those are some patient, freaking alien angels because they waited around, you know, ten thousand years from discovering a wheel mm. and and domesticating the first plant to electricity.
4: Well, if you have artificial intelligence and if you have a life form that's a million years more advanced than us, it's non biological at that point. You have all the time in the world. And if and you're what gonna, is time at that, you start bending right. time and. And one of the primary theories about how life got started on Earth is panspermia, which is that amino acids and these various uh, building blocks of life come in in asteroids and they slam into the Earth, and that somehow or another, over the course of millions and millions of years of chemical interactions, billions of years, you have life, single cell, complex life, and then that life advances to the point where it creates a new version of life. And if that is just how it works everywhere, we say, oh my God, that takes so much time. But does it? Because think about how much time it takes to make a fucking planet. Think about how much time it takes for all that matter to coalesce and to to, to gel up into this fucking ball. And then for the temperature to stabilize, because it has a moon around it that's, you know, one quarter the size of the planet itself, and everything is kind of stable and it gets to the point where biological life can exist. And then it starts fucking making shit and make better and better and better. And then start arguing with shit about climate change and gender pronouns and all this <laughs> stupid shit. While it's the real thing it's doing is forcing you to get that motherfucker online. Right. Get get that new life form online
1: interesting yeah that's pretty so you're weird. saying
4: boy that's a that's a fucking freaky argument because that's one of the <laughs> weirdest arguments about the the UFO thing is that we are essentially containers of souls and that what this planet is for for these beings is they mine souls here and that they develop souls here and that all of our motivations for existing, and all of our ego, and all of our ambition, is really just a way to carry that soul as a vessel. And that these that
3: they then harvest.
4: Well, they. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand what the argument is.
3: Like that what sounds they like, that out sounds like it? what would have been what should have been the sequel to Matrix instead of what was right. <laughs> that or would have been a better version.
4: That that's how artificial intelligence is created that that's how life is created much how like a bee creates a bee colony they create a beehive inside the hive the queen lays the larva everyone knows how to do it and they all do it that way maybe the soul being in this biological vehicle and given this intelligence and this desire to achieve and to pursue technological innovations and all these different things that human beings do allows them to get to the point where we're at right now where they create artificial intelligence and what these uaps and ufos that are appearing in greater numbers and being reported by all these fighter jet pilots maybe what they're doing is they're witnessing the farmers who are coming by to watch their creation give birth to this thing
0: okay so there are a couple 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 th- threads he hit on there
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. What,
0: you, what is your uh, reaction?
1: Um, <clears throat> you know, it's a, it's very interesting. I, I do think that we are an experiment. And, you know, when I look at uh, the quantum angle and the archaeological arguments and all of this, I do, th- and, you know, the stories that are being told from ancient Mesopotamia all the way up you know, even through Greek mythology and everything, talking about these gods who came. I I do believe they're here. Uh, most of the stories are that they were uh, two agendas going on here. That the first agenda was they came here for mining gold or, or whatever. There's a few angles around that. And the other agenda, and that, that gets to Rogan's thing about we're being mined. I think not only are we being used for mining the minerals of the planet but you know we're we're also being mined potentially by some pretty dark forces uh that that are taking other things from us perhaps even out of our bodies you know so sort of, I don't know that's a that's a dark 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 uh rabbit hole but yeah. then there's this other side of the ET argument that there's also and this is also in the Sumerian tablets there's this other faction of uh Enki faction that is trying to develop uh, us into an advanced God conscious uh being that it, that can exist on this planet uh apparently that's that's his end goal is to bring absolute Christ consciousness well don't have to call it Christ consciousness it's it's the perfect balance with this planet that and to create go back to the garden of eden maybe if you will um so bringing that back into this planet and creating something that they can engage in as a perfect uh place to come so there's there's a couple of agendas i don't know what they're doing with our souls i think that's what they're messing with for sure How how advanced can they make us you know but yeah i think we're being manipulated left and right and and my approach to that is to not be afraid but to um but to just stay as balanced uh, mentally as i can i think as this comes out if this is all true and it actually comes out as a story like this people are going to feel very (laughs) challenged um to say the least so what what else what do you what else do you think about that
0: well um you know the, the phrase container has come up is coming up more and more i'm finding and it actually goes back to bob lazar he said that the official documents that he read when he was getting briefed at area 51 and s4 many years ago before he went to work on the crafts that the government was holding there the, the documents said that the that our bodies were just containers for souls and the souls being uh what our actual life form is our consciousness um is a soul and that's what rogan was sort of referring to there that this that uh he sort of speculated beyond that like what is going on like he was saying maybe the whole purpose of these bodies is like we're a soul like an ant farm for souls with some agenda he thinks maybe the agenda is to create um super artificial intelligence maybe that's This is kind of, he was kind of comparing it to an ant farm and we are just the ants working here and our society is inevitably going to create super artificial intelligence. And that's going to be the, our baby, our creation, like we're the caterpillars creating the butterfly. And that's the whole purpose of this is to create this new life form, this new artificial intelligence, which joins the greater galactic community in some way. And, uh, but that's, you know, that besides that, Theory. If we just stop at the point of we are containers for souls, that seems to fit very well with um. Well, oh, I have another clip actually relates to this. this is where uh I didn't really have these, but this there's a neurosurgeon who has a theory about consciousness and souls. Basically, yeah, it's this guy, and he talks about how he again talks about quantum mechanics, um. But uh, I don't know, should I go ahead and play that? Do you want to hear another one?
1: Uh, Yeah. And then we'll go back to Sasha Stone.
6: Let's hear this one first. Yeah.
0: All right, let me see. This was on Larry King. This might have been a while ago.
6: but we'll play. It turns out uh, there is a scientific revolution going on now about the mind-brain discussion, the relationship between the two uh, that is extraordinary. And I think it's going to lead to a complete shift in our worldview uh, that is unprecedented. And this living in a mindful universe is really about that scientific revolution. Are you discounting whether the brain controls consciousness? No, I think what we would say is the brain is a reducing valve or filter that allows primordial consciousness in. That is, the brain is not the creator of it. You cannot explain all of the uh, details of human experience, uh, especially all the evidence for non-local consciousness, the evidence for things like uh, uh, reincarnation, past life memories in children, indicative of reincarnation, things like that, if you think the brain is the producer of consciousness. So you, what
3: is the producer? What
6: well, consciousness is, consciousness is what exists and, and generates the entire universe it's the, so the this fundamental is my ground state. consciousness now right it's all consciousness it's all generated within consciousness i mean the thing to remember is we're under uh, we discuss in this in the book uh, what we call the supreme illusion and that is that the brain and mind are very good at convincing us that all the stuff around us is out there but what you're actually experiencing is a model deep within mind that is supposed to represent something that is out there uh, but i think that's where it's important to point out the mystery of, of quantum physics because it, uh, the experiments in quantum physics keep showing us in no uncertain terms that consciousness is fundamental. Uh, that it the conscious observer and our free will has everything to do with determining outcomes. It's not determined by uh, mechanistic chemical reactions and the laws of physics and chemistry applied to the brain. Doesn't it almost destroy everything you learned? Absolutely not, in fact, it opens the door to a far broader understanding. Because what we're saying is the brain is simply a reducing valve that allows certain conscious states to exist, Uh, and this is where, um, from the quantum physical standpoint, uh, it's really getting at what's known as the observer. Uh, That is the deep mystery is the awareness of existence and what I would submit is that uh, we're conscious in spite of our brain and so, in fact, the big surprise and kind of the practical uh, lesson for human beings, is that when your physical brain and body die your conscious awareness actually expands tremendously.
1: Wow. Yeah, wow so just, what was his name i gotta re- look him up
0: the neurosurgeon dr Eben alexander and apparently it's some he was uh talking about some book um that he had published i don't know how long uh, old that clip is but uh, you know it's like it totally he's what he's saying totally fits with these near-death experiences that have just so overwhelming evidence that when you get close to death your your consciousness just gets slips right out of your body and it can travel around space and time and go into this other level of existence like Burleson was talking about. And, um, you know, and he's basically saying our brain is like an antenna through and it's an imperfect antenna that our conscious that the consciousness of the universe, which we are just a piece of sort of gets to to come through. Um, and again, it sort of fits with this whole container thing that the body is a container or an antenna that allows conscious souls to connect in this universe now whatever the higher setup of this whole situation is what is the purpose you know who is the creator of this whole setup that's another level of the question but uh here's
1: here's another angle that uh i think it was uh graham hancock if i'm not wrong brought it up that that we are potentially this Gold that they're looking for that that's in the ancient you know Mesopotamian uh, tablets and all. It's he's suggesting that the the word gold is not the actual mineral, but it that, that it's actually the gold of the ultimate high consciousness, uh, and that we are this experiment that they're trying to form into this, uh, I guess, a container that can hold this, this highest consciousness on this three-dimensional plane. Isn't that interesting? Mm,
0: that is a great, that's great. If the whole, if the word gold was a metaphor for consciousness, they were, they're, yeah. min- they're here to mine gold and the gold is our consciousness. That's- <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, to, to develop it, to develop yeah. it. And yeah, they, they probably are going to partake in the enjoyment of it. Cause you know, I don't know. It's, it's like you, you want to develop something. You want to um, enjoy the, the outcome of it so i don't think they just want to develop it and harvest it but maybe i don't know i don't know i guess everybody's got to go inward and find that answer for mm. themselves.
0: interesting well i have a whole nother thread i've been uh researching about the gold um thing just like if, if we assume if we assume it was true that uh oh this was my theory before we play this uh the galactic federation clip um What if we assume that in ancient uh, Sumerian legend that the Anunnaki were here to get gold and they wanted, they used humans to mine gold? You know, they, they said they wanted the gold for their planet to repair it. But what if they, it actually has been about wealth the entire time? What if they knew because our civilization was not the first on earth. There was Atlantis and Lemuria and these other ones, and in those civilizations, what if gold always was the uh, the form of wealth? It was always used as a form of wealth on Earth. Earth. So when the Anunnaki in this uh, this epic that started, you know, what six thousand years ago, and they came and they uh, they and they immediately started to have our ancient cultures all over the world mining gold and getting gold. And giving them gold and they claim they were taking it for their planet. Maybe they were always just investing in the future knowing gold will be a source of wealth in human society and human society has a value to them and they will always be able to use gold to manipulate and buy us and get us to do things. Maybe this (laughs) whole time they've just been collecting gold because they knew they could use it in the future as a
1: form of wealth. Interesting. Yeah. You know, the, the story of, that, of them, uh, it goes back, that we're talking, I think, it, the Sumerian tablets, these cuneiform tablets, are talking about, you know, ha- half a billion years ago, no, half a million years ago. Um, is that right? No, when they first came here, half a million years ago was when we were supposedly genetically modified. Okay. Uh, but they were here long before that and the story goes that they came here not for human beings but to actually mine the planet so for for a few thousand years they were actually supposedly mining the planet without any gold right mining gold right yeah and maybe other minerals i don't know Mm -hmm. but primarily gold and so it wasn't until thousands of years later when they came up with the, it was actually enki right that came up with this idea to genetically modify us he was supposed to be the the geneticist and um so that happened over two hundred thousand years ago the first experiments so that's how the story okay. goes so it goes and back you, a long way
0: and hmm? what is your understanding of why they wanted the gold if we well
1: the the under okay so they they're planet which is supposed to be nibiru or otherwise known as planet x it it comes in and out of our solar system every few thousand years because it's on this elliptical or orbital path yeah and the the story is is that as they come close uh they they interact a lot more they they set things up my feeling is they may have set up this culture so that you know we do the mining for them which we do apparently we all want gold right so we got to buy things and the bankers and all that so they set it up and then they come back a few thousand years later to collect a hoard of gold and supposedly they're using this because when their planet goes way out on the orbit way far out it becomes very cold and something is weakening in their atmosphere and they're trying to bolster it somehow with uh, seeding the atmosphere of their planet with gold dust or something um Hmm. it's you know uh, this is definitely bordering on on speculation but this is how the the tablets are being translated which is interesting
0: yeah i guess there's a chance that they will nibiru will show up soon and they the aliens will appear and they'll be like okay all the gold that you've got in your possession we are interested in buying it from you and here's some fancy alien technology to earth and we want all of the gold you have you know and we'll just take it you know
1: well and you he- know and the latest thing and it may be sasha stone who who uh, is the one that's telling this story is that they did come back they got their hoard, they left they're not here right now And the ones that are here right now are the minions that they have working for them and with them. So I don't know. It's the, you know, it's the whole structure. It starts with the bankers and the whole financial and the control. And so this, this is now not them, according to Satcha Stone. It's, it's us doing it to us. This is, these are people Mm -hmm. doing it to us. And that we now, if we feel, like we are worth our grit that we, as a people, have to refuse to participate if we want to maintain some sovereignty. That's, I think, pretty much Sacha Stone's take on it. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, well, should we play this clip from the his uh, his uh, stream here that uh, yeah. where he has this person who claims to speak from? I think she claims to speak from a, a communication with the Galactic Federation, and here we go.
6: Elena Danan
5: I am Elena Danan emissary for the star nations I want to tell you that we are heading towards wonderful times Finally we have stepped into a new cycle of progress and evolution on planet Earth era E Gaia however the name res- responds to you This planet has and all its star system has entered recently into a higher density plane on this galaxy. And the whole vibrations of the solar system are rising. And for Earth, it's happening more slowly, and it's regulated not to occur shocks, because Earth has had a very peculiar and unfortunate history, recent history with what you would call the deep state and extraterrestrial overlords who have been enslaving the populations since hundreds of millions. These extraterrestrial overlords named Sikar and Anlil faction of Anunnaki have left the star system, and so did the greys, the Nebu, the Nebu where greys from the Orion zone, who were enslaving population and have been causing great damage throughout the galaxy. Their hive has been dismantled last year, thanks to the Galactic Federation of Worlds. The great news is that the Nebu and their allies, the Zeta reticulite rays, for instance, have gone. Mitra have gone, the portals have been blocked from any further intrusion in this galaxy, for this galaxy needs to, be, and it will. Now, the latest regressive problem, the latest, um, the last, I would say, problem is being dealt with. The Sikar Empire, or you can call them the Draco Reptilians, as they are called, they were called on Earth. They are being, at the moment, taken care of. These are on the galactic plane, that the events that signify that Earth is in a positive situation regarding the future, despite the fact I have.
0: All right, I was gonna pause it there because that was a, a lot of info she just claimed to say about human history and our relationship with extraterrestrials. Let me just, I'll just summarize the way I hear it. Yeah. She says, they've been here a very long time. She says that the um, Enlil faction with the Greys are gone mostly now, that the Greys have a hive of some sort that was dismantled and they are gone. And it just a tangent here, when I went to that alien conference in Las Vegas, one of the speakers there, uh, he and he insisted he sort of came up to me and I heard him saying this but I was talking to someone else about abductions and I was saying I went up to a speaker and I uh from the asterius society um and I asked him do you think abductions happen and he said, and he was he doesn't didn't really think they really happened but this other guy came up to me and he was like those were done by the grays and the grays are all gone now so I I've, I've heard this some people claim this but the other uh, thing she just said were, even though the greys are gone, the Draco reptil the Draco reptilians are still here. And she says they're being dealt with. They're being, like, gotten rid of.
1: Wow. Which makes, yeah.
0: I mean, isn't that what you heard there?
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That they're being dealt with. Right. Yeah.
0: And so I just want to say for myself, uh, some red flags come up for me about the way she describes that the gray the greys and the gray hive have been gotten rid of and that we are currently getting rid of the Draco reptilians, Draco reptilians. Just the, the red flag for me is that that so easily sounds like genocide. Like we are trying to completely wipe out two species and it's being done behind the scenes and that we should all feel good about this. And we should trust that I mean, I mean, just this like story that the Draco reptilians are are all evil and all need to be wiped out and we should all feel good about this. That it to me is a massive red flag, you know, to just say an entire species, just like I mean, throughout history, anytime any government has said an entire country of people was evil and needed to be wiped out, it's always been. And a super exaggeration genocide and it's been blaming an entire group for the actions of the people in power. So anyways, those are some of my thoughts from here. Well, that's
1: interesting. Story. Yeah. I, I didn't pick up that it was a violent dealing with, but you, you're, you know, possibly absolutely right. I, I what mean, what else
0: could it be possibly. if it's not violence? Huh? What else could it be if it's not a violent getting rid of the Draco reptilians?
1: Um, uh, redirecting them or yeah i don't know i don't know i'm i'm an optimist (laughs) i'm a pacifist i don't i hope uh i hope this is not a big violent massacre holocaust thing
0: well i mean so i mean it it gave me this crazy idea for if we do a guided meditation today um i mean this is just an idea but if the if it's true that the say the the draco reptilian, let's assume this is a real group a real species of alien and it's i have no problem saying there's a good chance the leaders of this group might be uh malicious they might be like nazis they might be who knows they could be but it doesn't mean just like germany when when the nazis and hitler were in charge it doesn't mean all germans are evil and it just means evil groups get into power sometimes yeah anyways if what yeah. if like uh you know in addition you know i would like to uh, my hope is that even if there are some bad aliens, that there surely are good aliens too, and I would like you know we could reach out through our our meditation, our telepathic attempts in meditation to the uh the good enlightened members of the Draco reptilian you know uh, species yeah. and invite them to uh one not you know well I don't know to be open diplomatic relations with humanity or something like that
1: yeah yeah. Okay. So anything else then, or do you want to move on to do a little meditation now? Um,
0: let's okay. I, oh, this is uh, one, well, I might as well, this one last crazy. Uh, I'll just, I'll just show this picture. Let's see. I have to share my screen differently for you to see the picture I have on here. This is like completely different. Well, actually it's related. It's an interesting sort of a uh, tangent. Where's my share, share this. Okay. You seeing my screen here? Yep. So Prince Harry met with Melania Trump back when he was still participating in the royal family. And it was this weird scene where he showed up at a a place that Melania Trump set up, and she had this strange flower formation set up between them for the meeting. Huh. And so he gets there, he sits down with there and there's a strange, do you see anything weird
1: with this flower? Strange um, It looks like a, I mean, it's gotta be a symbol. What is it?
0: Well, people are saying it's a Q.
1: Oh, it could be, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, and that, you know, the Trump family in the right wing is associated with QAnon and the QAnon and the Q theory, if you ask ChatGPT what it is, the Q theory, I'll see I have a thread here. Um let's, let's see, British Royal Family over Reptilian Theories. Yeah, I asked Q, uh ChatGPT about Q, and they and ChatGPT says QAnon is a far-reaching and baseless conspiracy theory that emerged, blah, 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 blah. And let's see deep allegations of uh uh oh, i swear it said something about reptilian okay well it says that okay i thought it would like the q actually specifically mentioned reptilians but i asked first chat about the draco reptilian theory and it mm-hmm. said the draco reptilian theory is part of a set of fringe beliefs and conspiracy theories that posits a race of reptilian beings called the draco or reptilians have significant influence over human affairs Believers in these theories claim that these beings possess shape-shifting abilities, allowing them to maintain human appearance and hold positions of power in governments, financial institutions, and other influential organizations to manipulate global events. And uh, this intermingles often with other conspiracy theories about the Illuminati, New World Order, extraterrestrial involvement in government. So that was what it said about uh, Draco Reptilians. And the QAnon, it says, is again about deep state allegations of Satanic pedophiles with celebrities, politicians, and global child sex trafficking, and that Donald Trump was secretly battling this cabal. So that's um that's interesting. So it's actually it claims that Trump is battling this really evil cabal. So that's what the Q sort of represents to them. And so here we have this Q, and Harry is sitting there with it, and then they stand up from this table, and they do and. This is how Harry, let me get this over here. This is how he stands for the photo,
1: yeah, that's a symbol right there. What is that that's what does that mean? That's, well, that's a, what I
0: spent my morning
1: yeah. <laughs> looking up I mean in Hawaii, it's a symbol of love when you hold it up like what the way Barack Obama is doing it. But I think when you tuck it into your jacket like that, there's a different meaning, is there
0: well, so I found uh. Found a lot about it, and so I found this uh, research paper here, and I pasted over. And also the, on Twitter, they were talking about it. So there's claims that it has to do possibly with Freemasonry, uh-huh. um, and they say. And there, so I got some. Uh, let's see, Freemasons, and a secret sign, possibly to um, represent. But there's also there's a couple other theories. Um, something about uh something that means in the Jewish or Catholic. Um, there's a thing about horns and Satanism, but there's also this Dimitri family membership, which seems to me, based on my research, is extremely, seems to be like, to me, almost the most likely that it's an M for the Dimitri family. And if you go back through history, oh my gosh, you can see that a very similar hand gesture is all over the place in Renaissance art. You know, this is a very similar, it's where the two fingers are together and the two outer fingers are apart like that. You see it all over the place, hidden in these paintings. And this guy is Lorenzo the Magnificent Domenici, and he sort of has it there on his right hand. And so I think it's a it's uh this Domenici family, which would I would assume it's also in a lot of these religious things is like tied to the Catholic Church. And look, it's even in this uh in the the chapel here, <laughs> yeah. Sistine yeah. Chapel. God is doing it. That is clear. Yeah. He's definitely doing it with his hand there so i don't know i don't know what this has to do with i mean my theory is that these if these alien factions are real they may be connected to some uh you know whatever this ain't i think this might be like i don't know if these ancient families that the royal family and the trump group are connected to if this is a I don't know if this uh, for, it could represent two alien factions. I guess it's a long way of me saying that who, whatever yeah. this hand symbol and this group that Harry is representing here, which I think he clearly is. And whoever Melania is representing here with this Q and this group could be somehow tied. One of these two could be tied to these Dr- Draco reptilians. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or the Greys or some other alien faction? I, I don't symbology,
1: know. Symbology is really, really interesting. I mean, you can see how the, and I have not not done a deep dive into it, just enough to see that it's a whole universe. Um, even even the, 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 the country's capital, Washington DC is built on symbology. If you look from an aerial view, it's got the owl. Um, yeah, and, and it's just in plain sight everywhere if you if you know the symbols to look for. Yeah.
0: So, anyways, just wanted to throw that out there and say I don't know what it means, but I thought it's an interesting thread to. Uh,
1: yeah, you you really out. take us down the rabbit hole there. I, I don't. It's yeah. fascinating. I you know, I think our challenge is to have an open mind about everything because anything is possible. In fact, in quantum physics, they will say. And this is the mini worlds theory, uh, that if you think of something, if you imagine something, you have actually uh, just created that whole universe. And then, if you take, if you if you speak or act on that, you will actually begin to create that universe, and and it becomes more and more real as you talk and move, and people start joining you. Suddenly, you've gone off into a whole. Reality, a whole new world, and and uh, and so in Buddhism they say every thought you have is another incarnation. So think of that, right? That's a lot.
0: Are you trying Uh, to warn me about going down these crazy theories?
1: No, no, and and we all have to go. We have to do like all these lifetimes until we learn all the lessons. I mean, that's the whole name of the game, and and going down the rabbit holes, being open-minded, I think is is part of it. So it's all possible. And that causes a lot of anxiety for people (laughs) needless to say. So meditation, I think is, is a way of, of staying centered. And, uh, you know, it's like separating all of the imaginative and possible real things out there, just all that mental activity, and then still retain the self-control to let go of all of that. And just come back to the moment. Um, which is when you're feeling anxious can be a little challenging. And that's why we try to practice it. There, there's a great saying that says, you learn how to swim when the water is calm. You don't learn how to swim when you're just being thrown overboard in the mm-hmm. ocean. So, yeah. so right now the waters seem calm. They could you know, crack open any minute here. <laughs> so mm-hmm. let's practice a little bit. And yes, I do think, that when the mind is calm and we are bringing our focus and attention into the upper chakras, which is the higher intentions, looking for, for, um, for guidance in in a heart directed, a balanced and heart directed way, because you you can quiet your mind and and be resonating at a very negative level, and that then you could be accessing you know, other kinds of those are opening other portals. So I always aim for the heart portal, which is the portal of balance. And from there, we just can reside and be the observer of things unfolding. So let me just do a couple of minutes. We're almost out of time here, but just enough to get everybody's feet back on the ground. Right. So we'll start with just a deep breath, just a real nice breath and feel it coming all the way in feel the whole torso expand and then releasing it and just relax. Let all that go. Let all of it go. Feet on the floor, your butt in the chair, wherever you are. Maybe your hands are in your lap just tuning in to what's right here right now this is the only thing that's real right now breathing in and breathing out sounds might come and pass through and leave just picking up on the vibration of the eardrum we don't even have to name the sounds just Feel the vibration on the eardrum and let it pass. It can be helpful to remember a few things that we're grateful for. Thich Nhat Hanh said, if you can't think of anything to be grateful for, just be grateful that you don't have a toothache. So the idea is to bring that heart in, that whole attention into the heart, a little softness, a little caring quiet for a moment. So let's just take a few seconds of quiet. And it's from this place that we sometimes can receive guidance not in the form of a vocal instruction, but sort of just an, a great understanding. Suddenly there's this insight. I think the Tibetans call this insight meditation and insight is is like suddenly remembering something it's like oh yes oh aha it's an aha moment and my belief is that these insights can come from higher guiding principles whatever you want to call it May we all be free. Thanks, Matt.
4: Thank you, Doro.
1: Have a great week.
0: All right, you too.